And we want to you know, put our customers in the position of making the right decision, not the decision that ended up in their inbox. I'm your host, Dave Knox, and this is Predicting the Turn, a show that helps business leaders meet their industry's inevitable disruption head on. Welcome to another edition of Predicting the Turn. Today, I'm joined with Stu Wilson, who is the co-founder and CEO of an amazing company called Radical and also a partner at Prehype. Stu, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So I want to start with diving into Prehype and Radical. Can you talk about each business and how they're related to each other? Sure. I'll start with Radical. We are a future-focused research and advisory business. We help some of the world's leading companies, everyone from P&G to Lego, Estee Lauder to Diageo, better navigate the future. And we do that through a suite of products that range from top-of-the-funnel opportunity identification and mapping tools to deep dives into areas of interest to events that bring the people writing the future of various industries to our customers. All of that in service of our customers making better decisions about how to engage with startups and emerging technologies. Prehype, where I'm a partner, is an incubator of sorts. And I say of sorts because um, we have a somewhat non-traditional model, but easiest to think of us as a business in the business of building businesses. And so we help entrepreneurs start businesses like Bark uh, in the dog space, Roman in men's healthcare, managed by Q, which was just sold to WeWork, and Radical. And one of the unique things about Prehype, and this will speak to how Radical came to be, is we fund ourselves and attract entrepreneurs by helping big companies uh, do the same things we do, which is to turn a problem into a business solution and then get in market very quickly and efficiently to get feedback and iterate and then go from there. I love it. So what was the origin of Radical? Yeah, so the inspiration for Radical came from the work Prehype does with big companies and the realization that these companies in 2019 are faced with challenges that they have never faced before and they may not have the you know, capabilities to deal with internally. And we saw you know, a need beyond incubation, a broader need to engage with these new markets, to understand what startups and entrepreneurs were doing. And a bunch of our big company partners at Prehype were asking us for help. And we didn't see anyone doing a good job of helping them. And so we thought, well, here's a problem. Can we concept a solution? And then let's see where it goes from there. I love it. So, you know, you talked about that Radical and Prehype work with some of the biggest companies out there, Diageo, P&G, folks of that nature. Why do these brands turn to Radical and what exactly do you deliver to them? Yeah, I think we allow them to do their jobs better. So we've made investments into data science. We built tools and frameworks that allow them to take both a more comprehensive and efficient approach to innovation than they might be able to do on their own. And what I mean by that, and maybe to like show an example, like we have products like our radar, which works to turn abstract concepts like theses and hunting grounds into contextualized maps and prioritized target lists of opportunities. We invested in the machine learning tools to do that. We can help our customers create these maps with like 45 minutes of their time. It would take them months and months to do so on their own. And so that's a big you know, value proposition 
for us. We can also be much more targeted with respect to some of these searches and they might be able to be on their own. So we can take a business challenge as an example and use these data science tools and our team of analysts to find and validate the best partners and then have them you know, present directly to our customers. And so saving time, being more comprehensive and getting the right partner, that's our goal. And I think that's what we've delivered on. So other than the companies working with Radical, which of course really get it, which Fortune 500 companies do you think are taking interesting approaches of facing this existential threat that is you know, really being created by technology eating the world? Yeah, this is kind of topical. I'm pretty intrigued by some of the big companies making aggressive moves. And so I think about Edgewell, which just bought Harry's, and where Jeff Rader and Andy, his partner, will now run U.S. operations. And I think about Serta, which had last year merged with Tuft & Needle and named one of their co-founders to be strategy officer. I'm pretty intrigued by what those companies are doing. You know, I haven't seen like incremental innovation, like picking at that and poking at that really move the needle for big companies. And so I don't know whether these moves pay off. That's anyone's guess at this point. But I think they position those companies to be much more entrepreneurial. And that's like a big step. And I think that's a really interesting one you just made is that you have some of these big acquisitions. They're almost like aqua hires that are occurring. Yeah. You know, Jet.com was a $3 billion aqua hire by Walmart to get Mark Lohr to lead their efforts. And it's because the talent they need might not be joining the companies just on their own. Yeah, I think that's big. I think that an entrepreneurial mindset is a big component into the success of an innovation effort. And you know, innovation effort, you know, it could be in an innovation group or a ventures group. But when I'm thinking about innovation, I'm thinking about positioning these big companies for, you know, future growth and the navigation of a disruptive future. And so having that entrepreneurial mindset, having that buy-in come from the top, I think positions those companies to be much more successful with their efforts. Yeah. So, you know, I started using Radical when I was at uh, WPP on the venture group. And one of the things that I personally found the most useful about the work that you were doing is that you allow a company to move from being reactive to being proactive. What do you think the benefits of a company making this switch in their process and becoming more proactive? Yeah. Well, I mean, we really push proactivity as one of the benefits of working with us. And I, I see proactivity enabling better decision-making. And I think that increases the odds of success, whether we're talking about incubating a new product or you know making an acquisition or anything in between. And I think that leads to value creation you know, for an organization. And so I think there are a couple couple reasons why, you know, proactivity can lead to, you know, value creation. One, it just reduces the risk of adverse selection, you know, and making bad decisions. We find oftentimes in talking to, you know, our customers that, you know, before working with us, they are, you know, partnering with a company that uh, sent them an email or that they'd read an article about. And I think that that's, that's fine. But um, for every one company, they're doing something. There are probably 10 others that may be, you know, better partners. And we want to, you know, put our customers in the position of making the right decision, not the decision that ended up in their inbox. And I guess the second thing I'd say is that if you take productivity and you pair it with process, which we really are focused on, you enable replicability 
and scalability. And so we want, you know, our partners to move the needle, you know, when it comes to what they're doing with respect to innovation. And I think that requires like a scalable approach. At Predicting the Turn, we talk a lot about growth challenges facing business leaders today. And as we talk about growth, I wanted to mention one of our sponsors, Chinatown Bureau. Chinatown Bureau is a consumer experience firm solely focused on driving brand growth. They move brands beyond advertising towards a new brand growth playbook. They do this by building the strategies and technology tools that make each customer relationship as valuable as possible streamlining operations and creating new revenue opportunities. Their clients are Fortune 500s and high growth startups alike, and their engagements range from strategy development through full implementation of a new consumer experience. If you're experiencing slow brand growth and looking for a better solution beyond just advertising, visit ChinatownBureau.com to schedule a call today. So when it comes to startup engagement, the first inclination of, I think, most companies is to build their own efforts. They do things like standing up an innovation center in Silicon Valley or elsewhere. They launch a corporate venture fund completely from scratch. Why do you think companies should instead think about leverage of outsourcing for certain processes? Yeah, I don't think it's an either or generally. And I think some of those efforts are you know, great. They can inspire the organization. And they're good starting points um, to, you know, creating future value. But when I think about, like, the benefits of outsourcing, I think about ROI on one's time. And I think about ROI on the investment that, like, an organization is making into innovation. And how can you maximize that ROI? And so, like, what we've seen, you know, with our partners is that because of the nature of their relationships with pilots and partnerships or strategic investments or even acquisitions, these are, these are very high-touch relationships. They just don't have the time to meet with thousands of companies. They can't be on the street meeting with 3,000 companies in a year to better understand the market and to find the right partner. And so we enable them to effectively do that. And I think secondly, you know, they have business challenges that aren't related to kind of fund returns. You know, they need to find someone who can do like X or Y. And in both cases, you know, that requires a lot of time, which they don't have. And so I think we and perhaps other partners like ourselves have the ability to accelerate and improve this work to free up our partners to do more and do it better. And so it's not about outsourcing core competencies so much as finding like leverage for you and your team. It's a new approach, but for me, it's like a no-brainer. Yeah. So on that note of you know partnering, there's a lot of different paths that companies can go and a lot of different companies and other entities that have popped up to support them and help them. Why do you think it's so important for a company to really dive into the incentives of that partner and get behind the curtain of what they're trying to accomplish? Yeah. I, mean, I think it speaks to what they're in the business of doing. And so we're in the business of helping people make smart decisions. There are other businesses out there that are incentivized to make a match. And so if you are you know, someone using those companies, you have to ask, like, what are they incentivized by? I think with respect to like those incentives you know, and, and what they lead to, um, they may lead to a good outcome for you. You may find a good partner or a good investment, but are you sure? You know, and I think about this like I would if I were an NBA, you know, GM. 
and looking to draft a player. Do I want to draft from the opportunity set of all college players and all players internationally? Or do I want to go uh, to Stu and draft just from his select pool of players when I don't know who might be the best player for me? And so I think that for decisions like that, or for decisions like who I should partner with or invest in, the larger the opportunity set, the better. Yeah, no, that's a super key thing. So in your seat at Radical and Prehype, you're really finding yourself at this intersection of entrepreneurship and the Fortune 500. What do you think these worlds can learn from each other, both the companies and the, the people? Yeah, I think it actually dovetails with what we just discussed. Everyone talks about how startups can teach big companies to be nimble and to iterate quickly. And I think that's all true. But what I think big companies can learn most from startups is the importance of incentives. And so Henrik Wordland, who's my partner at Prehype, he's effectively the owner of Prehype. He's also a board member of uh, Radical, has a saying that structures define outcomes. And that really speaks to the importance of incentives. So when I think about big companies and you know their ability to truly innovate and invest behind like future growth and especially exponential growth i think they need to create incentives for that growth you know and so putting jeff and andy for example as the head of edgewell's us operations sets themselves up for that it like uh, sets up a culture of risk taking an understanding of the power law you know nature of entrepreneurial returns and I think that's really important for big companies to understand is putting in place the incentives that allow bets to be made, enough bets to be made to realize success. And that's a, that's a difficult thing. You know, if you're used to investing in a capital project that returns, you know, 10% with a variability of like 5%, putting together a portfolio of incubations or investments or even partnerships of which 60% aren't going to work and uh, 30% are going to be like, okay, and 10% are going to be home runs. It's just kind of like a, a mind meld for people. So I think that's part of it. And I think, you know, with respect to startups learning from big companies, I think it's really about the importance of distribution. And so that's definitely one asset. And I think there are a lot of assets that big companies have uh, that they can bring to the table when partnering with startups. But distribution is huge and the importance of distribution. And I think you're seeing that play out you know, now as uh, direct-to-consumer markets are becoming more expensive and that channel, so to speak, is becoming much more difficult. I think that capability and the importance of that is going to play a bigger role uh, over the next couple of years than over the last couple. Yeah, well, and that's a key point there because there was uh, some articles in the last few weeks about Unilever's efforts in acquiring different startups in the space. And it was the CEO of Ali was talking about why he chose to sell to them. Yeah. And he said, you know, the thing that kept me awake at night was us launching in China and realizing that five other companies got there before us. Yeah. And he said, distribution's the key. You know, being able to use what Unilever has, that's more important to me than anything else at this moment. Yeah, for sure. I really think that you're going to see the value of distribution and the value of some of the core capabilities of big companies become, you know, much more important and much more important in service of making startup acquisition successful, as well as um, making startups successful through a partnership. Yeah. Yeah. I had uh, Jonathan Bostick, who's the founder of Truman's, this amazing home cleaning product on. Mm -hmm. And he was talking about he viewed the future of partnerships 
is going to be big companies taking those underutilized assets that have actually been a drain on them because they can't move nimbly and change a factory. How could they partner with a startup and actually use that to their advantage and yeah. bring that as the thing they take to the table? It's really interesting. Yeah. So we'll see where it evolves. So building upon all that, while big companies themselves need to figure this out and figure out how to grow and challenge, the employees at these companies need to do the same. They're not going to have a career that is the next 30 years working at a single company necessarily in a single job of progressing authority. So when you work with these employees and these people at these companies, what advice do you give to them of how they can thrive in the decades to come? Yeah, I think employees at big companies can learn a lot from entrepreneurs adopting, you know, what I guess I would consider an entrepreneurial mindset. Things like moving more quickly, things like being more efficient, adapting to change. And actually at Prehype, we have an applied entrepreneurship program that works to do just those things, to instill the principles of entrepreneurship in managers and other employees in a big organization, teaching those simple things like moving more quickly, but also things like how do you spot an opportunity or how do you test your ideas and how do you hire and retain talent? Those are things I'd focus on for sure. And, and that's those are the things that I focus on like every day. Yeah. So learning the principles of entrepreneurship, you can learn it from a, a class like what Prehype teaches. How do you overcome the barriers though of, you know, let's say spotting talent You've got an HR function at most corporations. So what do you do with that talent? How do you elevate? Yeah. How have you helped them overcome and think about those challenges within the corporate then? I mean, there are different challenges, obviously, with respect to some of those entrepreneurial endeavors. But I think education is one unifying element that can help you overcome some of those challenges. So educating the organization as to the value of bringing in entrepreneurial talent, uh, educating the organization as to the value of um, you know, making investments into or partnerships with young companies. I don't think uh, it's something that you can go from you know, zero to 60 on you know, in a few months, but I think you can begin to move the organization over time, you know, perhaps by making some early stage partnerships and some late stage partnerships and creating like a portfolio of, of whatever it is you're looking to do from an innovation perspective that both meets the near term needs of your organization, as well as speaks to some of the longer term needs. So whether it's innovation or hiring, or I think education as to the benefits of a new approach are huge. So Radical puts out some amazing content on you know where the world is going, how's it changing. If a company or a person wants to learn more about Radical or about Prehype, what's the best way to uh, engage and learn about it? Yeah. So you can uh, email me. I'm stu at rad.org. R-E-P-O-R-T. That's rad.report. I'm also on Twitter at Stuart A. Wilson, two L's in Wilson. And you can find me on LinkedIn or anywhere on social. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for taking the time. It's always fun to sit down with you. And thank you for doing what you're doing with Radical. Awesome, Dave. I appreciate it. It was really fun. Thank you, sir.